0: If you like this podcast, please show us some love and give us a like, a share, and add a subscribe while you're there. After all, it's free and it helps us to spread this bastardly fun.
1: I have survived 100% of everything that has ever happened to me. And I kind of just took that and I kind of just ran with it. I was like, if I can survive literally everything that has happened to me the last, you know, 30 years, I can publish a book. I can make things work. I can, you know, survive, you know, the next really bad day.
0: tell that you Welcome, fellow Bastards, to Bastard Backstage. I am your host, Freddie Fisher. This is the podcast where we get to know a little bit more about our favorite Bastards. Today's Bastards is Parker. How are you doing today, there, love?
1: I'm good. I'm really good.
0: You were on a previous episode of uh, Bracket Bastards. That's how you get the ability to go one-on-one with me, one-on-one with the great one himself. And uh, that was... If I remember right, the toys episode. Yeah, it was, a, it was fun. <laughs> I'm going to let you know now these are not your typical interview questions. You're not going to hear these anywhere else. And a prime example of that, as always, is our first one. We start to, we tend to start off with like an icebreaker type thing. And that is, how many square feet of pizza do you think you eat in a year?
1: That is honestly really hard because... I eat a six-inch mini deep dish pizza every day for lunch. (laughs) So, like, over the course of a year, I eat, like, 365 six inches, like, within a year.
0: So, divide that in half, that's about 180-ish? 182 and a half?
1: Something like that.
0: (laughs) And that's not a... Not including any kind of pizza you'd have at parties, or um, yep. or like just 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 for supper because you're feeling fancy. So, do you have uh, do you have a favorite topping or or a place to go?
1: My favorite place to go used to be Papa John's, but we moved out west, and there is like not a Papa John's near us, and I was so upset because my one partner actually works for Domino's. So I'm just like, like, am I allowed to, like, if I find a Papa John's, can I order from Papa John's or is there going to be, like, a turf war in
0: my house? Well, the only real pizza place we have in town now is the Domino's. There's, uh, uh, and I I say that because Casey's is a gas station and the only weird thing about that, though, is that Casey's is actually known for their pizza. And their pizza is fan freaking tash, like, especially the breakfast pizzas, but... I wouldn't rec for somebody who eats a 6-inch every day, I would not recommend a breakfast pizza from Casey's cuz it would it would kill you within a year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, it was, it's really good. Like they have like sausage and gravy pizza, like egg and bacon and everything else, so it's really fulfilling and the the pieces are really big too, but it's just it's it's really good. But, sounds good. Uh, do you have a do you have a favorite topping though? No, I mean I'm pretty plain Jane when it comes to pizza. I like, I like just pepperoni. Pepperoni kind of gal. My favorite time to eat pizza was back back in the 90s. I, I'm, a, I'm a complete 90s kid. I was born in, eight, in 86. For those doing the math out there, yes, I am 37 years old. I think. I don't know. I haven't decided. The entire uh, 29th birthday thing, I'm I'm on one of those Type anniversaries, it just don't exactly where it's at. But one of my favorite time to eat pizza was back in the back in the 90s as a kid. You have the have the entire uh, uh, Nintendo 64 out and like a big ass bottle of Mountain Dew and absolutely no parenting around because this is back in the day when we didn't really have the helicopter parents. One of the thing about the 90s though is that the 90s had really really good music it was a transitionary time between like the 80s hair metal to the weird ass pop music we have now but the question regarding that though is that what is your favorite 90s jam
1: oh my god i don't know if i could pick just one but like i distinctly remember like in the 90s i was an aaron carter fangirl and, like, I had the big poster of Aaron Carter on my, you know, closet door. And I had the um, the CDs and the little disc Walkman and shit. Like, so, I think it was, like, one of the songs on his first album. I can't even remember them anymore.
0: We were having this, my, my wife and I were having this discussion the other day because we're doing a memorial show for um, Bracket Bastards and... Uh, Men of the Prize. Well, pretty much the entire. I did not make these make these rankings. Network. We're doing a a memorial show, which we we started last year, but we're doing it for all the all the stars that we lost throughout the year. Because the majority of our shows revolve around like pop culture and entertainment. As, as you can tell from being being on Bastards, we were talking about toys. Well, a lot of those toys that we we've lost in prior years, none this year though. We haven't lost any toys this year, but they're not being discontinued. But I was having a conversation about Aaron Carter because Aaron Carter unfortunately died this year. And uh, I, I asked my wife who grew up around that time, if she could name a single Aaron Carter song. Because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of myself. I, I was raised on country music for the most part. Unfortunately, it happens. I blame my parents. Uh, years of therapy has tried to got me past that but uh it happens but she could not name a single aaron carter song and i felt kind of bad about that and she uh, she felt bad about it too but i don't know it's just not my type of thing that was back in the 90s though what are you jamming out to now
1: uh so right now I am actually listening to my writing playlist, which is honestly a com- a, like a compilation of a lot of songs that I found on TikTok. So it's like a lot of indie artists. So I've got Dina Rebecca on there. I got Emlyn, I've got uh, King Mala. I've got Sky Daddy on there. Like it's, it's a melding pot of just a bunch of random shit.
0: Speaking of writing, by the way, um... Great tra- uh, <laughs> transition to this topic. You are the first author we've had on the show, I didn't and know that. Uh, I have not had the ability to check out your book because your book is not out yet, unfortunately. You will be on on a future episode when your book is out, or at least closer to it. So we're gonna ha- we're gonna have the ability to get more more details and update, and so on and so forth. Uh, I can't remember exactly what show but i do know that i'm, I'm looking forward to it because uh our shows are just a blast so there's exactly. that but what what inspired you to get into writing for one
1: so i've been actually writing since i was about 12 or 13 but i've been really into literature since second grade i remember in second grade um begging my grandmother who was raising me at the time to buy me a copy of Romeo and Juliet from the Scholastic's book sheet. And she's like, are you sure that you wanna read that? Like, are you sure you want it? It's in play format. Like, I I don't know if you're gonna understand this. And I was like, yes, I want it. And I ended up reading it in play format and understanding the material. So I was in second grade reading at a 16 year old's reading level. And then from there, it kind of just continued up until the point that I was about uh, 12, 13, I got a hold of the Inheritance series, um, which is by Christopher Pellini. And, you know, it's Aragon, it's dragons, and I kind of fell in love with high fantasy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to write. Nobody showed me how to do it. Like, internet was not as widely available as it is now. Um, so I literally sat down with all of my fantasy books and figured out how to format writing, and I ended up with a three-ring binder full of uh, ruled notebook paper that I had written out by hand. And it's kind of just been downhill ever since.
0: <laughs> I remember the Aragon series. I, I I do. I've I've never read it. I'm not a huge reader, unfortunately. Uh, as a podcaster, I really don't, a podcaster with a full time job. Uh, I don't really have the time. I do a lot of book on tape, but that's unfortunately for me pretty much it. I do encourage my kids to read. I just got my three year old a giant bookcase for Christmas, so to put all of, his, all of his books in. I did tell him, though, it's for books and not coloring books. So cause there's a difference there. But. Just in case, if I want to get my kid involved into your book, what is your book about?
1: So my book is not for children. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with that. I have one. a
0: thirteen-year-old too, so it might couple years. And a fifteen-year-old. So,
1: well, the fifteen-year-old, I was reading. I was reading some stuff at fifteen that was questionable, but <laughs> she's
0: she's pretty advanced for her age. She's on the. Um, uh, LGBT, LGBTQ spectrum. So she's oh,
1: the loveless love book.
0: Yeah, she's had to deal with a lot of uh, stuff in her life and everything else. In fact, with that though, uh, I'm going to contact you af- after after you get that, and I'm going to purchase one for you to see if I can get it signed uh, specifically for her because she's uh, yeah. she's in podcasting too. So
1: yeah, no, I will I will absolutely. Um... Take and I will sign a copy for her because that's one of the reasons why I ended up deciding to move forward with actually getting something published. Because, as somebody who grew up with religious trauma and not being able to come out of the closet until very later in life, I wanted to create something that would do for other people like me what you know many many other books did for me it's an escape it's you know it's a friend it's you know something you can relate to mm-hmm. so but uh that being said uh a realm of flame and ruin is a sapphic fey fantasy and for those of you who don't know what all those big words mean that i about to ask <laughs> basically it means that it is a high fantasy novel where the main characters are both female and they end up in a romantic relationship at the end um and it's great i have been world building and building these characters we have Kier, who is when you meet her she is a human sacrifice um, she gets kidnapped and this, you know, tall, red-headed fey woman, you know, kind of comes in on horseback and scoops her up and rescues her and decides, well, we're just going to start a whole war and free all the humans that are oppressed in the fae lands. And it just, it really just takes off from there and it's, it's a lot.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it is. Um. It seems like you add a lot of color to the entire writing writing spectrum to uh, trying to create your own worlds and everything else. and That actually brings us to, to our next question. Believe it or not, it does. Uh, it, it involves colors. Actually, the next two questions involve colors. But this one has a tendency to uh, take off a certain special friend of mine. So I always like to do it. How would you describe the color yellow to a blind man?
1: the way that sunshine feels on your skin
0: it's a good answer actually all right uh sticking with the color spectrum on this one you are a new crayon in a new box what color are you and why
1: i think i am a shade of green just because I really like green colors and growing up, you know, I grew up in the forest. So for me, green is very much a comfort color. So I feel, I feel like I'd be green.
0: Very down to earth type person. Yes. Being an author in a very, uh, from what I can tell, a very out outgoing person. Uh, what, what is the funniest thing to happen to you recently?
1: So I was actually uh, able to go to a convention this year Um, and it was an anime convention. I haven't been to one since my first daughter was born Um, and she's like eight now. So I haven't been to an anime convention like eight years and I was able to meet a lot of amazing, fun people. I got to go to panels. Like, it was just a really, really fun time. I got to go and cosplay. I got to cosplay as one of my original characters. Um, and just everybody there was really, really amazing and really fun. And just, you know, I'd be able to take pictures with cosplayers and like characters that I knew. And everybody was just super friendly and it was just a super good time.
0: Polling your family and friends, what would they say that you were most known for?
1: I would say my creativity, just because I'm always creating something, whether I'm drawing on my computer or I'm writing or I'm doing some sort of hands-on crafting. Like, I'm always creating something. I'm the type of person where you can give me an idea and I can come up with a character and a backstory for it in, like, about five minutes.
0: What is one question, and this is... This is a type of question. This is a type of response that it actually it's answered with a question instead of an, an actual legit, legit answer, not like Jeopardy type thing. But uh, what is one question that you will never answer in public? We're looking for the question, but not the actual answer to the question, because, of course, this is public.
1: I don't know if I have any questions that would necessarily be off limits, because I think that. I'm a very open person and for me that's really important because I've spent a very long time being closed off to everybody around me so like I'm not one of those people who necessarily get uncomfortable when they're asked you know certain questions or whatever because you know that's just who I am so like somebody could come up to me and just you know ask me the most random thing and I would just Maybe I'd have to sit there and think about it for a minute, but I'd probably answer it.
0: (laughs) That question has a tendency to kind of bring the conversation down a little bit. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. It really didn't this time. And I I, I appreciate that. But just in case we have this question uh, always in the chamber, we have a penguin waddles through your doorway wearing a sombrero. What does he say to you and why is he there?
1: Honestly, it would probably be one of my children dressed up as a penguin and they would probably be asking me for something.
0: <laughs> Mommy, I want tequila and tacos. Uh,
1: <laughs> They'd be asking me for another taquito.
0: Taquito. There, oh, uh, uh, I've seen something on Twitter yesterday about, like, the entire Mandela effect. This person seriously thought it was uh, uh, Tostitos, uh, T-O-S, T-I-T-O-S versus uh totitos which is T O T, and beyond i can't remember how to spell it but uh, apparently it's been tostitos the entire time with like no s in the middle of it and i've been eating them for years and i've never noticed that i i've always referred to them as tostitos the entire time yeah and i don't know because i I, because i eat uh pizza rolls like all the time we have the big bags of like 150 some Yep, pizza rolls at home we just finished one actually and um i i always thought it was uh tostitos with an s and apparently it's not it's tostitos with a t and it still bothers me that i've never noticed that but it happens Uh, a lot of people do the entire two truths and a lie I'm not a huge fan of that. I personally think it's been overdone multiple times and I'm trying to change it. So we're going to flip it on the ear a little bit and go, how about two lies and a truth? Two things that are not true but are plausible and something that is true but may not not really seem right to the untrained eye. And don't tell us what they are. Okay. Uh,
1: I've been published before. I own my own home. I broke my arm falling off of a Lego.
0: Oh, Shana's going to appreciate that one. (laughs) I absolutely love this question, especially going to a writer, because I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to have, you're probably going to have one directly in mind. It's either going to be really easy for you or really difficult for you. If you could pick any character from any type of medium, that means books, movies, uh, cartoons, so on and so forth, Who would you want to be and why?
1: Oh, that's so hard because I have so many characters that I love. If I had to pick one, it would probably be Legolas Greenleaf from Lord of the Rings.
0: Okay.
1: I I haven't seen Lord
0: of the Rings Rings in years, but I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Having said that, um, I'm going to give you a chance to be uh, greedy. Uh, uh, focus on your yourself because I, I I know as a mom, I know as a parent, you have it. You have the uh, ability to. You don't think about yourself self very very often. When when good things happen, you want to share it with your kids and everything else. But taking that away, how would you spend one million dollars? on yourself?
1: I would buy a house and then I would buy a lot of reptiles to put in the house.
0: <laughs> certain certain reptiles or just so, random?
1: So I'm a big fan of ball pythons. Okay. I love ball pythons and they come in pretty much any color for, you know, anything you could think of. Um, I'm also a very big fan of boa constrictors, basically anything in the constrictor family I really love. And then I would have a custom enclosure built in the house for a dwarf caiman.
0: I have no idea what that is.
1: So basically it's like, I think it's from Asia, but it's just like this little crocodile that only gets to be about like three feet long or so. And I've always, I was, I grew up on crocodile hunter so mm-hmm. like I've always loved reptiles and I've always loved crocodilians and you know constrictors so I always thought if I ever had like my own home and the property and the means for an enclosure I would get a dwarf caiman.
0: <laughs> Dope. so yeah I would build a moat just just for stuff like that I'm p- pretty sure the town that I live in would wouldn't wouldn't appreciate it but I don't know. The million dollars, I might be able to pay him off a little bit. So, uh, you already kind of, kind of answer this. So I'm, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna take Aaron Carter as, as an answer. But who was your celebrity crush as a teenager? As
1: a teenager, I think it was Nick Jonas. It's
0: good choice. Cause
1: like I was like. 13, 14 when I first started like having like real boy crushes and like that was around the time where like Hannah Montana and the Jonas Brothers and stuff were like really big and I just remember just being like oh yeah, Nick Jonas.
0: <laughs> well, that and he's a decent looking guy now. Like He, yeah. he really hasn't changed he a lot. And he did. He, he aged really really well. I wish I could have those kind of genes but I don't. It happens. Uh If you could join a fictional family, and that means join and not replace somebody, who would it be?
1: It would probably be the She-Ra like found family. Cause like they're all so wholesome and accepting and loving, and I just love that for them. And I would I would insert myself into that family so fast. (laughs)
0: Uh, She-Ra's 80s cartoon, correct?
1: Yeah, but they remade it. There's a remake okay. of it on Netflix.
0: It's like one of the only streaming services I don't have. I don't have that or like uh, Apple TV. Those are the only two that I really I don't have. I don't have the ability to watch it, which sucks because Wednesday is on there. Oh, and I've watched
1: i watched it. It's so good.
0: I'm half tempted to get like a month of service, especially this week, because I'm, I'm not working this week because vacation. Uh, so just like stream the entire thing and then cancel the service just so I could watch it for a month. But I don't really want to do that. Uh, that was those questions kind of dove back in the past a little bit. So we're going to dive in the future. What is your one year, your five year and your 10 year goals look like? What is stuff that you actually want to accomplish?
1: So my one-year goal is I want my book to become successful enough that I can do an in-person signing event. That's always been my thing, that if, I, if I'd ever become a writer, I want to do at least one in-person signing event. My five-year goal would to be probably everything to go well enough that I've got a series, I've got a book deal, I've got steady income coming in from, you know, everything. Um, and just kind of being able to just live off of my writing. And my 10 year goal, I don't know. I've never actually looked that far, <laughs> that far ahead. Um, my 10 year goal, would probably be seeing my oldest go off to college or out on her own, whatever she decides to do. And that might, mm-hmm. that might sound weird, but as somebody who has suffered a very long time from chronic depression and stuff, like little things like that are a really big deal.
0: Who or what in life inspires you?
1: I don't I don't want it to sound conceited, but like I think that I inspired me because the past couple of years I've been going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about your therapist looking at you after you've laid everything at their at you know their feet, just like this is everything that I've been through. What do I do with this? And they look at you and they're like, well, I don't know how you're still alive or you don't have some sort of crippling addiction. And that kind of, you look back and you're like, I have survived 100% of everything that has ever happened to me. And I kind of just took that and I kind of just ran with it. I was like, if I can survive literally everything that has happened to me the last, you know, 30 years, I can publish a book. I can make things work. I can, you know, survive, you know, the next really bad day.
0: And on the flip side of that, what what shuts you down?
1: I think probably criticism. Because, like, there's just something about when you're told that you're not good enough your entire life and somebody criticizes whether it's you or your work or what you do it kind of really hits you in a hard spot and I find that criticism of any kind is kind of something that really hits me right in the heart and I just shut down
0: we're gonna switch a little bit and go we're talking about words as a podcaster I'm I'm a huge fan of words I I'm not going to say I make a living, because to be honest, I, I don't really make any money off this. It's just This, this is pure therapy for me, to be perfectly honest, and uh, it's a lot cheaper than actual therapy. So there's that. But I, I do a lot with words. There are hundreds of thousands of words in the English language, but we're going to talk about three of them. One, what is your favorite word?
1: My favorite word... Defenestrated.
0: Okay, uh, I did not go to college, so what is that?
1: <laughs> it's the act of throwing something out of a window.
0: It's a good word. I actually kind of like that word. I've never heard it before. Like, it's, I've never heard that word before, but I do like it. All right, what is your least favorite word?
1: It's gonna, it's gonna sound really basic, but it's probably moist. <laughs>
0: There's a um, for for those who for those who don't know out there, um, I have three words that I, I, I do not allow on on bastards here. Uh, bastards backstage is, is completely different. It's a it's 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 a very open space. You're allowed to say what you want. Uh, it also comes with a disclaimer. There there's certain words that I don't even allow on here. But uh, one of the words that I do not allow on. Bracket Bastards is, of course, of course the word moist because I do not, not because I have a problem with it. I just don't want to go into, into the entire explanation of it. And then people constantly bringing it up after the fact because people are, it's such a cringeworthy word to certain people. So um, after that entire soapbox moment, we hit your favorite word, your least favorite word. What about your favorite swear word?
1: It's probably- fuck. I have the vocabulary of a well-educated sailor. So, like, it, literally, it's, it's fuck.
0: <laughs> okay. Now, uh, you may not know this, but I, I don't consider fuck a swear word because it is so, so versatile and it's used so much that it doesn't really have a meaning anymore. So, could you choose a second one?
1: I don't know if I have a second one. <laughs> 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 I don't have a second
0: one. I, I don't know. Does the asshole count? <laughs> I, it it's con- considered a swear word. I, I always tell my kids because I, I I told my daughter, who's fourteen, uh, okay. that, I don't care if you swear. I I, I really don't. Uh, There's certain rules behind it. One, uh, location, location, location. Uh, two is uh, don't like, just know that know who with that and uh, know who you can swear around uh to um try not to like if you if you can come up with something that that is more offensive to the person especially words that they don't know so they're they're going to get offended when when they hear you say it because it's not what you say it's the tone in your voice when, when you're when you're saying it in the first place they're gonna have to go home and look it up they would do it on their phone yeah, right very there. Similar. The reason I say that, and she, even as a, I've had this rule for, uh, forever with her, but I told her the term, uh, crap, the term poo poo head, as like when you're like three years old, you call somebody a poo poo head. It's cute. It's funny, blah, blah, blah. What's the difference between a three year old, three years old, call, calling somebody a poo poo head? When you're 23 year old and call somebody a shithead, it's the same thing. It, it's the what is what your meaning behind it. So if you're just going oh, "fuck" type thing after you can't remember something, that's not as, that's not really a swear word because you're not directing it at somebody. You're not. You don't have the intent of making somebody feel bad because of what you're saying. You could. You could call somebody pompous, for instance. To me, that's a swear word because you're using it in a way to make to, to hurt somebody. Same thing with jerk. Jerk is not considered a swear word, but it's used to hurt people, uh, call somebody gay. It's, it's for me, uh, if, you, if it's used in a derogatory way and not in a, in a fact-finding way, it is considered a swear word. Those are things that I don't really allow. But if you want if, if you're wanting to say something like fuck after you stub your toe, that's not a swear word. It's not it's not what you say, it's your intent behind it.
1: We have very similar rules at my house. Basically you can't do it out in public around strangers and you basically have to have a reason to do it and you can't use it to hurt other people. And it's really funny because we were actually sitting and watching TV the one day, and we were watching The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and the TV goes, "Oh," and it cuts out, and my one daughter goes, "Fuck," and I look at her, and she goes, "Well, that's what they were going to say," and I'm like, "Well, well i mean You know what? You're right.
0: <laughs> the uh, third the the third rule to that because I completely biffed on what it was uh with any word uh, swear word or not this just kind of goes well with the swear word part do not use a word that you don't know the meaning of the the reason I, I quantify this with swear words is because if you swear no matter if you do it a lot or do it a little every time you swear people are going to assume that you're stupid it's sad but it's it's really true people are just going to assume that oh they, they don't have a very good good vocabulary because they they have to use it so uh every time my my daughter swears if there's something that she hasn't said around me before i make her not only define the word and then i'll do this mid like mid conversation too uh i'll make her define the word and make her spell the word if she can do both of those she will not get in trouble for it she's not getting in trouble for she's not getting in trouble for swearing she's getting in trouble for using a word that she does not understand. Now, spelling a word if it's a swear word, that's where the spelling comes in. If 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 she can't spell a word like uh uh the word you just had about throwing stuff out the window, like if she can't spell that, but she she uses it correctly in a sentence, she's not going to get in trouble for it, but I will implore her to make sure that she knows how to spell the word just for like just for like educational purposes. It's good to teach children language for like language sake not just words, not just good words and bad words, but language for language sake, and that's kind of what I go off that one But uh, you are a writer and I'm assuming that would be your dream job, to, yeah. to go on writing full time, but taking that off the table, assuming that you're not a writer, you, you don't don't want to write, this is not something that you've actually ever wanted to do, you're just doing it because you seem to be good at it Knowing that you wouldn't fail at it, other than writing, what would be your dream job?
1: I would say something in the zoology field, only because I have a very big love of animals, and I've always wanted to work with animals some way. My law was a so like we would. Go over to his house. hang out with reptiles. I have reptiles of my own. Um, on reptile X, exposed and I've seen amazing, amazing animals. Like I, I would, would zoology field in an instant.
0: On the flip side of that, uh, what would be a nightmare job that you can't leave?
1: Working at Subway. <laughs> I, I worked. I worked. At, I worked at Subway a couple of months when I was 19 and it was honestly one of the most stressful like st- it was just it was so bad I feel like it was mostly bad because of the management and stuff that was there but like mm-hmm. it it was so bad there were some nights that like I would work closing shift and I would not get out until like 2-3 a.m. It's just like sitting there making sandwiches all day, smelling bread, and not getting out until like two a.m. That that's nightmare fuel for me.
0: Shout out to all the subway and the sandwich makers out there. We feel you. Uh, we know. Uh, I, I've I've worked fast food. I've I've worked at Jimmy John's. Um, so I, I I got the other side of that one. And uh, we feel you. The job sucks. I'm aware of that. You you have like a little bit of a little bit of counter to look at. And you're looking at the same, same four or five, six different things all day long. And it's just, you go home and you don't want to eat because you're sitting there staring at food all day long. This is fast food work in general, by the way, like we feel you keep it up. Uh, you are the unsung heroes of, of this world. Coming up on on the last few questions on this one. If heaven does exist, what would you want to say to God or What would you want God to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
1: So I'm gonna be very honest with you. I have a very love-hate relationship with with Christianity. Um, just, Just because of a lot of the things that I've been through. But honestly, I would probably tell him that I'm sorry that I was mad at him for so long and that I didn't realize that the reason that help didn't come was because he wasn't the one that was supposed to claim me.
0: Assuming that you were dead at this point, what do you want written on your tombstone? Or, I know a lot of people don't really believe the entire uh, being buried in the tombstone thing, so what would you want your final words to be? Or both?
1: Probably that I'll be back, because, like, I got people that I'm waiting on, like... Like, my partner thinks that they're gonna get rid of me just because I'm dead, like, I'm gonna be in the background just... Woo, your toast is done. Just, like... <laughs> I'm gonna be hanging out until you get here.
0: That would... the entire, your toast is done would be great if you were cremated.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Well, actually... <laughs> actually, the plan is, I told them that I wanted to be, like, because eco burials are a thing now. I told yep. them i want to be in one of those mushroom pods so that i can be a fairy circle
0: i've planted so many trees in my yard i cannot get them to work so i i told my wife it's like when i die i want to get i want to get buried in like a tree pod type thing oh my God, so yeah. at least at least one tree will survive me <laughs> At least one every one of them that, that i've had like and i i've done the research like i i know how to plant trees i don't to do everything else. I know people that they have trees growing out of their yard. They didn't even plant. It's just gross. I'm sitting there like, I don't, what I, I'll buy, f- not fully fledged trees, but trees that you can, you can like replant and everything else and be fine. I'll buy like, like six square foot of, of uh, new soil type thing. To plant to, to plant it in so it's like perfect soil there's uh, there's an entire feeding regiment and it's watered every day everything else can't I, I can't grow a tree to to save my life I don't want what it is so I'm, I'm pretty sure just just put me in a pod bury me below a tree that isn't supposed to be there like like it isn't it an endangered tree or whatever so the city can't come in and just like rip it up because it's, it would be against federal law. Chance to jump on a soapbox a little bit for you love. What would you like to say to your fans or the general world at large?
1: I would probably want to tell them. And it's going to it's going to sound really really cliché because I always thought that it was really cliché. But things do and will get better. Even if you are in a not great spot, like if you can just make it one more day, if that's how you have to do it, because that's how I had to do it. Like, even if you just have to, okay, I just have to get through today, go to sleep and, you know, tomorrow will be better. It does get better at some point.
0: Uh, Last question, as always, is where can people find you?
1: They can find me on Facebook at Parker Torado. I have an author page set up, uh, Parker underscore Torado on, um, Instagram. Uh, I have a Tumblr blog now, which is also under Parker Torado, and you guys can get uh, a little more of a personal insight of kind of what goes on day-to-day between writing and everything else through there and then i have a twitter which is a little bit unhinged uh but it is bunny boy b-o-i 93.
0: and as always i am your host freddie fisher you can find me at that um while you're on facebook go ahead and check out bracket bastards we have two polls going every single day currently it is um that are naughty or nice bracket and uh tv theme songs and honestly i don't know what the next bracket is going to be but stay tuned for that one while uh we also have uh the bracket bastards is on facebook as well the s and bastards is a dollar sign you can check out twitter we're all there too at bracket pod i'm at the bastard they warned you about and uh, as always you can find me on instagram at can't lick me other than that I will leave you with the simple words that I leave every single show except for one but that was for a very special person and that is this it is okay to be a bastard just don't be a dick